I'm Lizzie. And I'm Izzy, and we need help. Each week we stumble through a new book, method, or concept that brings us one step closer to being our best self. Yes, we make fun of ourselves. And others. But mostly just ourselves. So here's to not taking self-help quite so seriously. Welcome to the afterbirth. Afterbirth. <laughs> so Lizzie was just saying that she has Saharan dust. It's a house. dust that comes from Africa. I'm like, how are you? She's like, I have Saharan dust. I'm like, that sounds like a paint color, like Benjamin Moore, Saharan dust. <laughs> and I said, everything sounds like a paint color if you're brave enough. <laughs> Even after birth. <laughs> after birth. That paints a picture. Yeah. So today. So this is my favorite part. This is my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Favorite to do is after birth because we get to talk about how wrong we were. Yeah. And we get to like truly banter. Banter. We get to banter even more. So we're doing uh, the afterbirth for not getting shit done, which is, you know, we did, uh, we reviewed getting stuff done or getting things done by David Allen. And um, first point in our afterbirth was that David Allen was institutionalized. He had that in his Wikipedia page. And I just thought that was a fancy name for rehab. So we got into this, what were rehabs called in the past? When did they start calling them rehabs? The timeline of rehabs. And I found out some really interesting stuff. So the first like rehabs were super interesting was in uh, 1750, early 1800s, American Indians, because the white man came over, brought alcohol. And there was alcoholics started becoming a thing in the tribes. So, okay. Is this alcoholic thing an Indian thing? Is this an American Indian problem? Not only, but, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, yeah. Because my grandma used to work on a Hopi Indian reservation and Mm. she would say like, she would drive to like Winslow. I, I don't know if that's actually the place she drive to but she said she couldn't pick up men because they were often coming back drunk Hmm. because like indians didn't have alcohol before right the white man the white man brought it over um that's what they used to trade and stuff like that they got them addicted to, to to alcohol so what happened was that various native american tribes had um abstinence-based Native American revival movements. They use Native healing practices to treat alcoholism. They sort of connected with, this This is where the word higher power comes from in the in the 12-step recovery thing, um, wow. to contact their ancestors, you know, their, to help them with the alcoholism. So that, I thought that was super, super interesting. Very interesting. And I love that, like, idea of rehab, like where you go in and, like, a full... I don't know. I just like the idea of like being in a TP. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's going to be some sweating involved. Like a sweat lodge. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. The sweats narrative, like the sweat ceremony. So if anybody knows about a sweat lodge nearby Naples, Florida, I want one. Okay. 
Noted. Duly noted. That's <laughs> put that down on the list for future presence. Um, I think I think Florida is a sweat lodge. <laughs> like the whole thing. You're sweating right now. <laughs> I'm freaking sweating. <laughs> so in the 1800s, lodging homes and they were called homes for the homes for the fallen, uh, inebriate homes. They they opened in the 1800s, and these homes provided short voluntary stays that included non-medical detoxification, isolation from drinking culture, moral reframing, and immersion in these newly formed sobriety fellowships. So the first inebriate homes opened in Boston in the 1850s, and they were oh. modeled after state-operated insane asylums, but they were for, for addicts. the word. Okay. Yeah. So super, I thought that was super interesting. I learned something. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Now I'm picturing the movie Departed, which is Departed. the extent of what I know about Boston. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved that movie so much. Have so you been good. to Boston? I've never been to Boston. You've never been? Oh, it's great. Do you want to meet me there? Let's go. Yes. All right. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the second point on our after birth is how old is David Allen? Take a guess. I'm looking at the answer, so I don't feel good about it. Okay. But 75 years old. <laughs> what a wonderful guess. Yes. <laughs> and his birth date. Can you guess that? Uh, it's he's uh, Capricorn. I know that at December 28th, 1945. That's wow. Correct. Yeah. So that is David Allen. So that's that. Uh, <laughs> we have nothing to say about that. We have nothing that. to say about that. So that's just, you know, and interesting. I don't know why I cared about that back then, but now yeah. I just don't care about that at all. <laughs> okay. Then we went on to this, the, we're trying to, we're talking about organization and we went on to this four quadrants where it's important, urgent, not urgent, important, not important, urgent, and not important, not urgent. These four quadrants. And that is called the Eisenhower method. And was, it, did Eisenhower have anything to do with it? It stems from a quote attributed to Dwight D. Eisenhower, uh, where he said, I have two kinds of problems, the urgent and the important. The urgent are not important and the important are never urgent. So he actually, <laughs> he didn't claim this insight as his own, but um, he attributed it to an unnamed former college president. So who knows where this quote came from? Uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower was requoting. So using this, oh, often they, like you requoted and like yeah. throughout your entire school history, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so the using the Eisenhower decision principle, these tasks are evaluated using the criteria: what is important, unimportant, and what is urgent and non-urgent. Right, and then they're placed in the according quadrant. So there's four of those. So yeah. Okay. And I love that. I, I like, I, I want to say it was core. Core is something else. And that's from okay. maybe another afterbirth. Yeah. We always need an afterbirth of the afterbirth of the afterbirth. <laughs> afterbirth. <laughs> so uh, then moving on, we had a tickler file. What the hell exactly is a tickler file? And we thought it should be some sort of sexual, uh, what do you think? Hey, baby, would you tickler file me? Yeah. It's, it does sound like that, doesn't it? It's like, Pedophile and tickle Tickler together. file. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. I hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate oh, it. I oh, hate yeah. it worse now. Uh, yeah, I hate it worse now. I hate so, my brain. So <laughs> <laughs> the tickler file is like a system where you have, it's like 43 different files for whatever 43 is like the magic number. And there's like dates and times for the future. So whatever you have to get done on whatever day, it sounds actually 
if you have a filing system, you receive something and you put it in the the tickler file for that day. So then on the day, you just pull it out and think like, oh, here, this is what I have to do. The reason it's called a tickle file, do you want to know why it's called a tickler file? Yes, I do. Of course I do. You use the system to send reminders to your future self and tickle your memory. Okay. I hate being tickled so badly. Yeah. Like I, it, it's to a level. I don't know who, who hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it like drives me nuts. Yeah. It's such a terrible feeling. I don't like it either. Yeah. I've never liked, who likes it? Who likes Does it? anyone like it? But there are people who like it, like it. Like it, like it. Like there's people, there's a, there's a chat room with these people. No, I I don't want to know anything about it. It makes me very uncomfortable to talk about it. I I suggest, I I get the icks when I talk about it. I get the icks. I feel like there's a, there's an uncle involved. There's like, it's bad. Yeah. I don't like it. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, Let's move on to disc profiling, which, you know, we, we covered a little bit, but it's basically just to our listeners. It's a personal assessment tool. Um, and it describes human behavior in various situations. And it's, it's sort of like a, I wouldn't say it's personality. It's more like a human behavior tool. And there's four of them, four different, um, noted behaviors. And everyone is a mix of two or three of them usually. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's D which is, uh, dominant. I, which is, uh, inspiration. S is stability or steadiness and C is compliant. So somebody who like follows the rules. Yeah. So dominant is usually like the boss making all the decisions. I is like the, yeah, the cheerleader. Great. You know, wonderful. S uh, stability, steadiness. They're very cautious, usually good workers. They like instructions and, um, cautious or compliant. They like rules. They like Excel spreadsheets. They like everything super organized. So, and when I did it, it was, it was, uh, uh, dominant, inspiring, steady, and conscientious. Conscientious. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, it it could be, it's the same thing, same thing, same thing. So yeah. yeah, So that's the disc, disc profile. And you can be up to three, four. It's you'd you'd probably have schizophrenia or multiple personality disorder. (laughs) You're fucked up if you have more than three. <laughs> but uh, so you're dominant inspiring. I'm dominant inspiring. Uh, what's Machek? I think he's dominant conscientious. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Jason's definitely steady and conscientious, but I do think he's a psychopath because he can be all four. Okay. I mean, I think everyone yeah. has times where they can be all four, but you're the way it was described to me is. Um, and I love this because I used to work for this company. So they yeah. would say, how do you naturally swim? I'm going to ask you this question. How do you naturally swim? When you go into water, what's your, what's your stroke that you kind of always go with? I go in up to my belly button, pee, and then get out. <laughs> <laughs> if you were thrown out of a boat, what's the, what's the stroke that you would say? I would go under and get directly there. Like okay. I would swim fast. The froggy, right? Yeah. Is that the stroke that you would use? The frog? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Whatever is the fucking quickest because I shouldn't be in there. Okay. So <laughs> what they talked about in this was you can learn all these other strokes. You can learn backstroke. You can learn, you know, whatever this is, the crawl. You can learn the butterfly. You can learn mm-hmm. all these strokes and you can actually swim quite well with these strokes. Mm-hmm. But if you're taken out into the middle of the ocean and somebody just throws you overboard, 
the stroke that you go to naturally, that's like your natural okay. style. So everyone has their yeah. natural style. You can take on other swimming styles, but you're going to have your own, your okay. natural one that you it. kind of, yeah, go to yeah, your go-to style. It. And that's What's yours just out of pure curiosity. Like mine is the froggy, I, the fastest froggy, froggy. Yeah. As well. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's it. Okay. I like and then finally, we I talk- have zero steady or conscientious. I have, or I have zero complaint. of those two. I have zero I'm so like, I lack those so hard. Yeah. And so they want you to surround yourself with steady and conscientious people if you're dominant and inspiring. But I hurt, I see that I hurt their feelings a lot. Well, the, the steady, the S's they're, they're very much people person, but they're like a softer type of people person. Like the I is like center of attention. No, no. And the steady people are more like mm-hmm. the support crew where they're, yeah. you know, they're like, they're there. And we tend to hurt those people's feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and then with the conscientious or compliant people, I just absolutely offend them and enrage them because <laughs> so you're supposed to surround yourself with these people, but they they don't like you. Uh, I don't think it's in a work environment. It's good to have a mix. You don't want all of one style. So it's really good to have right. a mix of people. So you get all sorts of talents. So I think that's what they're talking about. And okay. Yeah. And it, you know, so I remember I had, I, I worked at a, a place where I worked with a girl and she was, she was C. So everything was in writing. That's how she preferred to communicate. And I preferred to communicate by speaking. So yeah. we were in an open space and I'd be like, Hey, blah, 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 blah. She'd write <laughs> me back an email. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, and I would answer her speaking and she would write me back an email. So it was like very, funny. I love it. I yeah. love it. <laughs> All right. And the last point on our wonderful afterbirth is our saboteurs. We talked about these saboteurs. These are the little demons inside of the demons that mess us up. So this is taken from, I did a course in positive intelligence. um, And it was this guy, Shirzad. I can't remember his full name. So that's going to be, we're going to do, we're going to do it in afterbirth, but he talks about these saboteurs. He says the main one is the judge. So the judge is this voice inside your head that tells you, it berates you for making mistakes. It tells you you're never going to be good enough. Um, it's just this inner critic, you know, the inner critic, but then the judge has like these, there's a host of smaller saboteurs that are very specific in nature. So there's the controller. Uh, this is a person who needs to have control of all, all things. And I have a friend like this. We went to his house for a party. He told everyone where they were going to be sitting. He told everyone at what point they were going to be eating. Um, he was telling people, are you what? calling me a he right now? <laughs> no, he was telling people what sauces okay. they needed to eat with what. He, th- this is the controller. You know, this yeah. is the controller. I have that. Guy. I, I have that inside me. Restless is one of them. Restless is this person who constantly is changing jobs, changing the has a million ideas. You know, this is like ADHD person. They can't sit still. Mm. They they can't do one thing. They have to be doing a million things at once. Are you calling me they now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's cool. There's the stickler perfectionist, but like perfectionist never lets it all hang out. Just very, very, if, you know, something is not absolutely, like a document is not absolutely, all the T's crossed, I's dotted, forget it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Been there. The pleaser. I, this is Honestly, a person, can you have yeah. all of these? I'm stressed out. This is you, making me think, 
Can you have all of these? You can have all of these. And I think we should do an episode just on saboteurs, which we might do okay. in a few episodes because it's really interesting and it's a short, okay. pretty short read. Okay. So um, we can, you can, we can take a test and see which ones are dominant with us. I think I already know, but because um, everyone has a small percentage of all of these, but there's okay, good. just like in the disc file, there's in the disc system, there's one that's a dominant one. Okay. So we have the pleaser. This is like the people mm. pleaser, you know? I yeah. love her. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> She's amazing. <laughs> the avoider. <clears throat> I have this one. Problem isn't there. Problem doesn't exist. You know? Don't make eye contact with it. It'll Don't just go away. Your... It, right. <laughs> Don't check your balance. That's the avoider. There's the victim. So this one is, um, you know, woe is me. I'm the victim. You know, I don't have much of that. I don't have that one. I don't, I, I don't have that one. I don't think. I don't. I did. I used to. I used to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I used to. Hypervigilant. That is one who is constantly scanning for threats. Like so afraid of taking risks because what is going to go wrong? They're always looking to see what's going to go wrong. I have zero of that. Okay, my cat, we have a little cat. We call her, her name is Biscuit, but we call her Frady Katie. Yeah. Because she's, I mean, she's terrified at all times. She's looking for threats. And when she does, she's got these big button eyes and she looks just like my sister Katie. <laughs> so we call her Frady Katie. And she is like terrified of everything. Yeah. Hypervigilant people, like very distrusting. They're always seeing what can go wrong. Like what's going to go wrong? When, when is the other shoe going to drop? Hyper achiever, these people are exhausting. They're mm. always wanting to be the winner, the best. They, 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 their self worth comes from achieving stuff, which is okay. that's to me exhausting. It's, it, I know a couple of them, and I can tell you this they, they really have no idea how bad it makes them look. Hmm. To me, I think like, like when I am around someone like that and they are constantly like at all times winning, mm -hmm. they really look like a loser. It's, it's just exhausting. It's like, you know, I, I, they, they always need to win. They get really, really, um, upset if they lose. Yeah. yeah I think that like high achieving athletes are, can be like that. It, it, it seems like any, like if you see somebody who has gone really far in uh, like a huge corporation, they have to be like that. Yeah. Like they, like you have to kind of be there. I don't think that people who don't have that will put up with corporate bullshit. Yeah. Cause they give you like a fucking gold star for everything. Well, that's actually hyperachiever. Yeah. That's, they like the gold star. They want to achieve as many gold they stars as possible. They love those gold stars. Yeah. They, and that's what these, you know, fortune 500 plus companies are built on is these people. Yeah. Last one, hyper rational. So this is one who's, I wouldn't say devoid of emotion, but uh, you know, the rational thinking is definitely Trump's emotion when it comes to these people. So we, I had a boss like this, like he just was not connected to the emotional side at all. Everything had to be in an Excel and it had to just like make sense. There's a new movie coming out. I don't know if you saw the previews for it. It's about, mm -hmm. um, 
I think it might be about an actuary or or a statistician or a mathematician. <laughs> oh, where he, baby. Ooh. <laughs> Where he, um, it's about it's our type. He comes up with a formula for giving the nine eleven victims compensation. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's it's a. I think Michael Keaton is in it. It's his his newest movie, and um, it's just coming out. So, and I think he's approaching it completely rationally, and it's a, obviously a very emotional situation. So, it might be right. Might be an interesting, Ooh, interesting. Yeah, we'll have to do that. We'll have to watch that flick. Um, but those are the saboteurs. So I. I will say because I'm so emotionally driven and so yeah. like instinct driven, like rational people disturb me sometimes. Mm. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. We have to do that. Yeah. We'll do it as an episode. Cause then we could take the test. We can see which ones we are and then we could see. You I know. would love to do that. <laughs> cool. Well, that's all, all right. we got for the act of birth. I'll be avoiding that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) You be the real stickler, okay? I make me do it. I can't. I'm. I'm. I'm an avoider and a pleaser. You know, I just want everything to be great. (laughs) Yeah, I can. Can I'll control that we do it. I'll be restless until we do. I'll be the stickler. Yeah, I'm a pleaser too. Yeah, I used to avoid a lot, like money. Mm. money was a big one that i would yeah. avoid yeah i guess i kind of still do shit she all right <laughs> she is. all right love i will see you later i love you see you thank you so much for spending your time with us rate and follow us if you like us if you don't please don't and come visit us at www dot the we need help podcast.com there you can find show notes links for books you can join audible which is you know how we actually read our books <laughs> we listen to them and we have special exclusive content just for you also feel free to subscribe to our patreon account that's where you can support us financially because we need it and it can be anywhere from a dollar to one hundred billion dollars <laughs> a month you know whatever you can afford <laughs> And uh, the link to our Patreon account is www.patreon, and that's spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash We Need Help Podcast. And you can support um, you can support us on there. We would really appreciate it because we do need help. Awesome. And we will see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Thanks, Bye. loves. Bye.